What up, everyone? Welcome back to Tide Talk. This is episode 33. It's been a hot minute since we've talked, so let's dive in. What up, everybody? Once again, welcome to Tide Talk. It's been a hot second. It's been it's been almost two months since I last recorded Tide Talk. That's terrible, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Part of that has been just how crazy E3 was. So I recorded I recorded my last one, and then we started doing all this prep for E3. Then we had E3, and then we had the aftermath of E3, and I just have been so drained. I actually went back and listened to episode 32 and I was talking about getting into Rage. So let's talk about what's happened since then. From a stream perspective, I beat Rage 2. Um, I beat Days Gone. I'm playing Breath of the Wild now. I'm playing a whole bunch of other games now. And it's crazy to think about that it's been that freaking long. Like, holy crap. All right, so let's let's just recap. So... A lot of a lot of stuff with Tide Talk, right? If you're new, Tide Talk is about me as a human, me as a content creator and a dad and a hubby and and someone has a full time job in addition to creating content. It's also about the content itself, right? The stuff uh, that that I play and trying to give you guys impressions on it and all that good stuff. That's not changing. I'm going to be as I've teased about, I've talked about doing Tide Talk techie stuff. I, I keep bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. Well, I actually have a platform now. I have a place to be able to do that. Um, I'm, I'm going to be doing RF tech stuff uh, with other people on the team. So we're kind of making like that more of a team show as opposed to just a me show, which I actually really like. I think that's going to be a great idea. That way we can all contribute content to it as we get cool stuff. I mean, as we get new new gizmos. I mean, I think Tim and I both got, um, well, one, I got a Nintendo Switch. So that's new. A couple weeks ago, I picked up a Nintendo Switch on on just basically saying, after E3, I saw all the cool stuff that they were going, like Astral Chain and Link's Awakening remake and uh, obviously the Pokemon games and then the Breath of the Wild sequel that they're making for Nintendo Switch. And I was like, man, it's the only console I don't have. I, I need to go out and get one of these things. And because of all of your support for my my channel specifically and for RetroFizz, I was able to go out and, and purchase a, a Switch and and I'm enjoying the living daylights out of it. Oh my goodness, it's freaking fun. So, you know, there's that. So I, I'm I'm definitely loving the Switch. It's it's kind of cool to be it's kind of cool for someone who's been an Xbox guy for so long to last year have picked up a PS4 and enjoying all of the exclusives for PlayStation and now being able to pick up a Nintendo and now I actually own all the consoles. In addition. I picked up uh, a, a MSI RTX 2080 graphics card um, about a month back, maybe a little bit more. And now I have a PC that literally is the one-stop shop. I can stream and game PC games from a single PC. That is the dream, right? And and we're going to talk more about that on the Talk Tech stuff. But I am basically enabled on all platforms, every single one. I can now play games across anything. 
and capture it and bring it to you and all kinds of good stuff, which makes me happy because I'm not held back now. If I say, if I say, Hey, that looks cool. Or if you're like, Hey knight, are you going to pick this up? And I'll be like, Hey, what's that on? Oh, I don't have that. Nope. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's, it's going to be, we can play that and we can have fun with it. And I'm excited because it's definitely opened up my world to a whole lot of new experiences, especially on the switch, man. There's so many interesting games there that I really want to play and bring to you guys. So there's that. Um, I'm a little all over the place because it's just been so long. I'm trying to catch you guys up on so much. Um, so let's start, let's start from the beginning. I always typically lead with family stuff. So let's, let's take a, take a breather. Let's pull it back and let's start there. Fam is good. Um, my, my oldest, who's again, four and a half years old and my youngest, who's about to turn two soon are now both into Pokemon. And I blame the Switch. But you see the smile on my face if you're watching this on RetroFizz. Not mad at it. It's actually super cute. Like, it's freaking adorable is actually what it is. And essentially what happened is I got Let's Go Pikachu for the Switch. And my son saw me play it once. And then as I was playing through the game, I realized that you could actually take because you only need one Joy-Con to play that game. I realized you could take the other Joy-Con and give it to somebody else, and they can, like, shake it and jump in the world with you, and he could follow me around. So, like, on, on Saturday mornings and stuff, he'll wake up early, and he's like, Hey, Daddy, I want to go play the Pikachu game. Can we play the Pikachu game? And I was like, Sure, son, we can go play the Pikachu game. And so we've been playing, like, Let's Go Pikachu. And then I've been trying to get out more and do more stuff and be more active, and so I got downloaded the Pokemon Let's Go, and we've been playing that. We've been like going for walks and catching Pokemon and stuff, and I think it's super awesome. Um, I think the most adorable thing, though, the most absolute freaking lootly adorable thing, is is my my son, how he sounds when he says Pikachu. Now, I'm gonna hold this up now so you guys can hear this. <laughs> it's so freaking cute. I can't, I can't. And that's, so that's the oldest one, right? That's the oldest one. And so then, then the youngest one, one morning, my son then was like, Oh, I want to watch a Pokemon show. And, and two things happened. One, we, we took it downstairs and I got a second dock already. I know I got a second dock already. I got a second dock and I put it downstairs um, for our big TV. And it was like one night and my wife was just kind of burned out. And I was like, Hey, how about we go play some Pokemon? So we took the, took the switch down, put in the dock downstairs on the TV to try it out. And we were playing Pokemon and my youngest son, my, my, my soon to be two year old literally just sat there on the ground and was just like mesmerized by Pokemon. He literally just, just sitting there with this look on his face, like, Oh my God, this is the most amazing thing in the world. How come I've never seen this before? And, and he just watched us play Pokemon for like 15, 20 minutes. And it was the coolest thing to me because then all of a sudden he got into it and we found like the Pokemon shows and they asked to watch it when they're in the car. Um, and, and they, during the day, they're like watching different Pokemon shows and movies and stuff. And it's kind of funny to me just how quickly they've been like, this is the best thing in the world. And my little one, I came home one day and my wife goes, Hey, well, you're, you're going to go out tonight. Right. And I was like, yeah. 
She goes, when you're out and about, you think you could pick up, you know, little man, a, a like Pikachu stuffed animal action figure or something. And I was like, why? And he goes, cause he's been running around the whole day going Pika, Pika, Pikachu. And just starts running around the house saying Pikachu. And I was like, this is the greatest day ever. So I go out with my oldest son and we go and like run some errands and then we go to GameStop and they literally have a stuffed Pikachu just right there, snatch that up and go take it home. Well, over the course of the next two days, my oldest son's literally trying to like hide the Pikachu in his room so he can sleep with it at night because he loves the Pikachu. So we go back to GameStop like a day later and go grab him one in in like a, a great ball so that he can throw it at the Pikachu and practice catching Pokemon, right? It's the, it's the absolutely most adorable thing in the world. And so for me... This whole paradigm of like being a parent and like having fun with gaming, but also like just enjoying the things that they enjoy and the fact that Pokemon is something that they enjoy and it's something that that I grew up liking but took a huge break from but now kind of like again. I think it's just fun. It's super fun that they get into it. And that's been been a, a source for us to be able to do some bonding and all kinds of good stuff. So I'm not mad at any of that at all. So that's, that's what's happened with kind of like the boys. That's the cute thing that's happened with the boys. And again, that sound clip of my oldest. The young, it's funny that my youngest son, who can't even like put words together into sentences, can say Pikachu. But my oldest, who can speak really, really well, and has ever since he was a little kid, for some reason, says Pikachoot. <laughs> I just, I can't. It's adorable. I can't. It's not, I'm, I'm over it. It's good. So, so there's that. Um... Jeez, what's what else has been going on? Uh, Mrs. Tide, who works in a school, is off for the summer, so she is home now with the boys, which is both good and bad. She's loves that time off, but I think both boys, being as rambunctious and energetic as they are, gets a little overwhelmed. Man, the days that I work from home and I have to be home with them, it's a lot. I mean, they just constantly go, you know. And and where I'm used to being able to just kind of like be in my office and not have to worry about stuff, I'm like constantly getting invaded, and they're like, Daddy. Daddy, I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm on a meeting. Get out of here. I'm like kicking him out of here. But you know, that's, that's part of being a parent. It's one of the cool things about being a parent, I guess, is they want to spend time with me. That's a good thing. I should, I should be enjoying that. So this is tight is good. I'm doing good. I've been taking on lots of projects. As you guys maybe saw on Twitter, I've been really focused on trying to get my lawn going. Good. Happy to report that it is improving. It's not what I thought the results would be. In terms of just like, hey, my lawn looks perfect. But it's certainly filled in a lot of the dead spots. Uh, now that we're a couple months out from me, like going through this whole big process about the lawn, um, it's, it's just been really good. It's it's filling in. It's doing all that kind of stuff. And and um, it's managing more of the weeds than it ever has. And so I still need to probably do like a fall application of some kind of weed killer to prevent it from coming up next year. And then potentially do another round of like dethatching and seeding in the fall too, just to kind of like get some more stuff down and, and really kind of help it. I don't know. I got to look into the schedules of things to do, but there's more I got to do with my lawn. My main project, oh man, my main labor of love for the past few weeks has been the deck. And anybody that's ever redone a deck, you, you know, it's, it's a pain. And my deck is old. It's not like brittle old to where I want to replace all the wood or do anything like that. The, the, the wood is still good. It's just like, it's old. So it's like crack. It's got cracks in it and, and it's just covered with junk. 
So I bought a five inch orbital sander and I pack of 50 40 grit sandpaper discs and a gallon of, of stain because I thought that would be enough. It's probably not going to be enough. And no, in fact, I know it's not going to be enough. But I, I have 34 lengths of wood on my deck and I don't know how long they are, but they're quite lengthy. They're, they're probably, I want to say 20 feet ish. Probably, probably some in that area. But yeah, so there's lots. So I basically am sitting there with a five inch orbital sander, just like going down all these boards, <laughs> just going down all these damn boards, just trying to get them cleaned off with all their old crud and, and receptive to the stain. It's a solid stain. It's basically vinyl paint. I don't know why they call it a stain. It's, it's paint. So I, I did that one weekend and <laughs> I'm laughing because of the result of what happened. The result looks good in terms of what happened, but I, I, I did eight lengths out of 34. I did eight in seven hours worth of work because they were so beat up and so bad. But it looks great. I got those all painted up because I'm just doing it in chunks and it looked all great. I then realized that while I had applied sunscreen in all the appropriate places, face, ears, arms, legs, right? I'd failed. There's there's like this little section of your of your lower back that's like right above your butt crack. Commonly known as like the area where you'll see like a tramp stamp tattoo. Yeah. I, I have a sunburn tattoo there now because my shirt was like pulling up as I was on my hands and knees using an orbital sander, getting fried by the sun. So that still is uncomfortable multiple weeks later. But hey, pain is gain, I guess. Make sure you apply sunscreen everywhere if you're doing your deck or you're going to be on your hands and knees because you never know when you yourself might get a tramp stamp tattoo because your shirt's riding up. It's ridiculous. It looks hilarious, though. My wife was like, oh, 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 my God. It's like, what? She goes, you're back. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it feels a little warm. What happened? She goes, you got fried. I'm like, oh, no. So I'm in, I'm, I'm still recovering from that, but she's got a good laugh out of that. And so do my kids. They like point and laugh. It's fun. So yeah, make sure that your sunscreen, if you're of the pale, like I am, and you're going outside doing work in, even in places you don't expect to burn or haven't ever burned in your life. Cause it'll happen to you. I promise. I can't make that promise. I can't keep that promise, but I can make that promise. So that'll happen. But anyway, so then I did another six lengths last weekend. It only took me three hours. So I think I'm just either improving technique or the wood is improving as it's like getting closer to the house and has somewhat shelter, I guess, from all the elements. So I don't know. I'm going to keep working on that. I'll update with progress and I'll show you guys a picture if I can um, of, of how everything is going with that because it's cool. You know, this, this is the stuff that happens in life. Now, in terms of stream, in quarter of the stream, we actually did some really cool stuff. Um, we played played through Rage 2. We did a full playthrough again since last last podcast. We also continued through Days Gone and finished that, which is is a mixed bag, and I'll and I'll talk more about that. But I think one of the coolest achievements that that I want to talk about, besides the fact that we have have been able to just experience a lot of cool stuff together, um, in terms of channel milestones, we actually passed 300,000 total channel views, which is nutty to me. That's 
It's crazy. I mean, that's that's 300,000 times people have viewed my channel. That's not necessarily individual people, but that's people have viewed my channel 300,000 times. That's awesome. <laughs> that's just a cool thing. When you're when you're first starting out and you're like looking at your like total views, not that you should be caring about these metrics as like a a measurement of success. It's just like it's like those things that remind you that like man, what you do can can have have a reach. And you, you start out and you see the numbers. It's like, oh, I got 100 channel views or 200 channel views or 300 channel or 1,000 channel views. And it's like, you don't think about it in the back of your head, but those are, you know, at some point, that's a person that has come to your channel and viewed it. And that's the, you know, add it to the ticker. But 300,000, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. And sure, there's people with more and sure there's people with less. But for me, that's a lot. It's a lot of people. And I, I just want to say thanks, everybody, for continued support of the channel. It's awesome. Um, recently though, we also participated in a, um, in a little light love charity marathon. And that was awesome. And we managed to raise $646 and five cents. In fact, actually the board, give me one second. here. And I made a community board, which I will put up here on screen if you're watching on Retrofist. So we... We had uh, an awesome, an awesome, awesome, awesome stream. We played some Rock Band. Um, got to got to have a lot of fun playing Rock Band and and had a block and, and raised money for charity and all of that benefits St. Jude through Guardian Console. Everybody that donated to that, I appreciate you so much. Thank you uh, again for doing that and also for Magic Unicorn who organized the whole thing and and did all that. So so that was cool. More cool things that we've done. Something, I guess again, newish that that we did. Let's talk about let's talk about the two games that we finished. So let's talk about Rage Two. Um, what to say about Rage Two? Rage Two was everything that I expected. I expected based on the advertising for a chaotic, crazy experience that was reminiscent of Bulletstorm and reminiscent of of kind of like the first Rage and and you know just kind of id Bethesda kind of games in general where they're just kind of crazy fun fast frantic FPSs that are just over the top the story was okay we're just going to call it it was okay uh it, it served its purpose it gets you from from beginning to end and uh and along the way you have just a lot of crazy times do i feel like it's worth like the full 60 bucks to play the game. Now that I'm sometimes separated from it. I don't know. That's a tough question to answer for me because I really enjoyed playing it and they're still releasing more content for it. So especially if you've waited for a while and you wanted to pick it up, I mean I feel like there's a there's a certain amount that like yeah, I mean if you if you like first person shooter games, there's there's definitely a lot there. I mean, I spent a good 20 to 25 hours for that game. And I didn't do everything. I did a good bit, but there are certain activities that I didn't do. Like you can take on convoys and raid certain, you know, dens that are kind of like dungeon runs and, and do these other side quest things that I, I mainstreamed a lot because I was so anxious to get back to days gone. And because I knew that the game was there, like there's more abilities that I had to unlock that. I think there's another, couple weapons I could have picked up and at least another ability that I could have picked up um, and worked towards grinding towards leveling on my character to get all this stuff. But overall, Rage 2 was fun. Is it worth playing? Absolutely. Especially if you're a fan. Absolutely. 
it's more of it's more of like a if you see it on a sale for like thirty or forty bucks, I think that you're definitely gonna get your money's worth out of that game if you're a fan of that kind of crazy fun FPS games. I I just think that unless you're maybe a super fan, that that sixty dollar price tag is a little prohibitive initially. That's that's just kind of my personal um, opinion. But in terms of is it a game worth playing? Absolutely, it's super fun. I had a great time. So then we move on to Days Gone. And and there's this game is a bit to unpack. And the reason it's a bit to unpack is because it's so, as most games are, and we're not going to get into this because I could talk about it all day. Games are so divisive anymore. But Days Gone has fallen into that mix where it got mixed reviews. And so because it got mixed reviews, there are some people that did did the did what it took to finish the game and seemed to enjoy it. And those that didn't and are kind of falling back on like the mediocre score and saying that it wasn't very good. And what I, what I personally think is that it's game of the year material. I, I think it should certainly be on the list for game of the year. I think that, that the, the motion cap, the voice acting, the story, the pacing, the the overall mechanics of the open world, I think the thought experiment of the world, were all fantastic. The music, excellent. The sound design, excellent. Like the the creatures themselves, excellent. The the creature variants were very cool. Like the the freaker variants were super cool, and engagements were fun, and missions were good. And a couple things got repetitive, but overall, I felt like the the game was well paced, and there were lots of things that you could do within the world that that contributed towards this overall picture that was painted. And freaking a man, if the game doesn't hit you in the feels, if you actually stick the whole way through, but I I think the what gets people turned off is it is an intentional slow burn of a game. And I think people, especially those without super patience or those that are just trying the game, they're like, oh, like I'm, I just want to try this and see if it's any good. It's, it's a 50 plus hour experience and that's not doing everything. It's, there's a lot of meat there for you to chew on. But you still have to do most of the game. And I think that's what gets people is that you can't always just main fast track the story because sometimes the story, you'll do all the story missions and then there's nothing for you to do except side quests. So you kind of have to go and do some different stuff until usually in the middle of a side quest. It's not very long, mind you, but until you like do a side quest and then all of a sudden like something will come up for the main story again. So it's different. It's it's a different kind of pace. There's you there's not always a way for you to progress the main story, but everything that you do is working on character development. And I think that's where it comes into play for me, and where I felt like it's worth it to have those experiences is because you're constantly learning about the characters as people, and and how they feel and what they're going through and how they operate in this post-apocalyptic space. And again, for those of you that appreciate that, that can appreciate the thought experiment, that can get into the world and kind of let yourself be immersed in this world and with the character, especially of Deacon and, and the things that he's going through mentally with the things that he's hand, you know working through with his best friend and 
and his, you know, the loss of his wife and all this kind of stuff. It really, really, really does a good job of helping you understand who these characters are, limited as they may be, what their intentions are, what their motivations are, and, and how ultimately what they want to get out of just staying alive. What's their goal for the future? What's the hope they hold on to to keep going? And if you really like allow yourself to have that experience, again, game of the year material, it is, it is all there. You just have to be willing to go on that ride. And it just strikes me that so many people aren't willing to go on that ride for that full 50, 60 hour experience. When you look at games like Fallout that people clamor for, or Dragon Age that are also these, these really long sweeping experiences that are, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours long that, that people will play over and over, but then you get like to this game and I don't know if it's a P it's just cause it's a PS exclusive or again, because it's a slow burn, why people weren't exactly like enamored with it or immersed in it, but it, it just didn't get received as well as I certainly believe that it should be. It's, it's certainly on par with last of us when it comes in terms of just quality of animation. Um, I mean, the combat in the last of us wasn't great. I'd say that the, the days gone combat certainly a step above that. It's not fantastic mind you. And I think that's part of why people are, are a little turned off by the game as combat evolves to be better as you unlock more abilities. It's really not a go-to strategy right out the gate. But then again, you're in a zombie survival scenario where your main resource is your bike being able to outrun things, not necessarily your weapons being able to kill things. So it, it, again, it's hard for me to judge the game harshly. It's just their choice for you to, ha to eventually get better at, at having those gunfights. And you do need to be better eventually, especially taking on hordes. I mean, it's not World War Z sized hordes, but there are certainly some sizable freaking hordes, man. Like the amount of freakers on a screen is impressive. So again, I, I've, I've talked about it enough as I think that I can without just gushing and continue to go over the game, but it's worth it. It's, it's so worth it for you to attempt this game and to play this game. And, and if you do want to pick up the game, just know that it's a long experience. It's a, it's a slow burn in parts. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's slow. It just means that you're going to be taking in a lot of character building information. It's not just going to constantly be like, the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing when it comes to the story you're not on a roller coaster you're on an experience that simulates like the lives of these people and i think again that's it's a really cool game and i think the pacing they did achieve was was excellent so there was days gone we're currently enamored with a couple games and and i'm and one of them <laughs> one of them was out of nowhere so for those of you that have known me for a long time I love FPS games. I just do. They're, they're just my bread and butter. They're fun. And I played Overwatch for a while, especially when I first came to Beam slash Mixer, which was a few years ago. And I slowly just kind of let Overwatch die because I just got way too salty playing it and I, I just didn't enjoy it like I felt like I should have enjoyed it. And I was way more, having way more fun with Call of Duty and, and other stuff. Welp. There was this thing that happened about a month ago. It's called Mixer Matchups, and it was this tourney leading up to E3. And this tournament was basically three different games. I think it was Halo and League of Legends and then Paladins. And Paladins was you had to play ranked matches and then get kills, which makes no sense if you know Paladins or even Overwatch. 
They're team games. It should have been based on wins. We're not going to get into that either. But so mission matchups was cool. Basically, if you got enough points towards your, you know, towards its overall score and you ranked in the top 50, then you got some money. And if you ranked in the top 10 overall for across all three games, then you got a trip to E3. And I was like, you know, I don't think that I'm going to have the time. Stretch that I know I'm not going to have the time to to make any of the top lists in terms of this game. But I think it's worth me giving it a try. I'm a partner. This is a cool experience. I should try and at least participate and have some fun with it. Paladins is the most appetizing to me of all of those games. So let's go ahead and give it a shot. So I installed it because, hey, it's free. Welp. Free lasted about two matches until I was like, this game is so much fun. And I bought the uh, the champion pack, which if you've played Smite, they have like the god pack to where there's free gods that you can play. You can unlock gods as you go. You don't actually don't have to pay anything. And there's free free gods in rotation every week. It's the same thing with paladins. They rotate champions. You you can unlock them using in-game currency just from playing. And, and it can be a total free experience. But I, I chose to fast track that a little bit because I really, really like that game. And so I've gone in the past month from, hey, I don't know anything about Paladins to I like to play Paladins a lot. And it's kind of becoming a mainstay of the channel. And we just finished in Platinum rank. Well, we didn't finish because the season still has another week or two. Um, but we just hit in Platinum in the ranked, which it's like, you know, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, and then master and grandmaster. So we're already doing fairly well when it comes to ranked matches and I'm really enjoying the game. And, and I'm even, I've, I've tried multiple times to apply for Paladin's partnership, but I haven't been able to, to actually complete that process because their site doesn't allow me to Paladin's please fix, fix step one, fix step two, it fix it. Um, but I'm really just enjoying the game and there are a lot of you guys that actually play it. So if you want to play Paladins with me, just come hang out and stream on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday-ish of the week, and we'll be playing Paladins and playing rank stuff. In fact, um, there's going to be double XP this weekend, so I'm actually even take a night and play this weekend just because, hey, double XP. But yeah, Paladins is a lot of fun. Uh, it just it it is similar to Overwatch in a lot of ways, especially in like the animation and how the matches play and how everything's set up and how the champions have different abilities. But what it does more than Overwatch, where it takes it further than that, is not only does each champion have inherent abilities, each champion also has a loadout. And there's six total slots for you to make a loadout, which I think is awesome. You have 16 different cards that you can choose from that you add to a loadout, and then you can choose to buff any number of those for a total number of like 15 points. So if each card's a point, you start out with five points already dedicated, you can take those 10 extra points and put them anywhere you want uh, to upgrade those abilities. So there's that level of depth. Then you go into the game, and similar to Smite or to other MOBA-esque type games, you earn credits during a match by getting kills, being on the objective, getting assists, like all kinds of different stuff you get credits for. And as you go back and respawn, or if you're back in the room, then you can buy additional ability buffs which I think is really cool. So not only do you have these different loadouts that make characters play not completely differently based on what loadout you play, but definitely differently based on, on how you choose to use the loadout, then you can also make these additional credit abilities during the match to even more complement those cards. 
So it's, it's much more cerebral in how you want to approach that. And especially looking at the team makeup, you can use your abilities to help kind of balance those things out depending on what you've chosen. It's just there's a lot of depth there that makes it really good. And on top of that, I typically don't play ranked in anything because it's too sweaty. In Paladins, I love ranked because it's fair. It's, it's crazy how much I've like latched on to this whole ranked idea since I had to play so much of it. But you go through, again, more of a MOBA-style ban selection. So at the beginning of the round, each team can ban two different champions. And right now, there's a lot of the same ones that get banned because they're broken. And that's totally fine. So you ban them. And then you can only choose, or there, only one champion can be selected for either team at a time. So you go through this like back and forth of choosing your champions. So as you're going, you're kind of like looking at your teammates going like, Hey, I really hope someone like, you know, is, is a tank or is a healer or is whatever. Uh, and so you have to fill those gaps and the other team is taking champions too. So you end up with these two teams that have, you know, hope, you know, relatively different unit comps because they can't have the same champions. And it's just, it has a really cool dynamic to it. You really have to learn how to adjust to these different champions, there's abilities, and you can't just main one character. You really have to get to know a few different ones across a spectrum to be able to help your team and play effectively in ranked. And so I'm really digging that a lot, a lot, a lot. And that's in the midst of me having really enjoyed Apex and now like Apex season two just launched. So like I'm, I want to guess dabble into that a little bit, but I don't want to do more than dabble because I'm not into BRs right now. That's that's the one thing I can tell you for certain. BRs are not my bag anymore. It's not because I suck at them. It's just I'm just I'm bored playing them. I need more interaction than what I get. BRs are so much drop loot, drop loot, drop loot. You know, engage for 30 seconds if I'm still alive. Loot, 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 reposition. I might have one other engagement. And yeah, I could play more aggressively, but you have to wait so long between matches. Even if that's like two minutes, that's two minutes too long for me because you're constantly having to wait and then you got to drop again. And that's another 30 seconds to a minute. And then you got to loot. And then you got to like, it's another couple minutes before you get into engagement again. Like there's just so much wasted time in BRs because they're so long. And Apex is great because it's the shortest in terms of overall length of rounds as, as to any of those. But still too long. <laughs> I need I need a quicker I need a quicker BR. Like I was we actually talked about this on Hit That Follow Plays uh when we recorded that, the last episode. How the the whole roller champions that we played at, uh, around E3, that whole demo, which again, it's not that type of game at all, but like how quickly you could get in and out of matches was astounding. I mean, a a long match in roller champions was seven minutes. That was the time limit, was seven minutes. So you know that you're you're going to be in another match inside of 10 minutes. It's really one of those like, hey, just one more game kind of games. And it doesn't take long to play one more game. So that makes it happy for me. But the other thing is that you would get out and you'd hit, okay, get back in. And it would like immediately put you in another game. Just immediately. And there's no like crazy wind up. There was just a loading screen. And when you load it in, it was like three, two, one, go. And then you're off and playing already. I need a BR like that. The concept of a BR doesn't have to be, I fly in from the sky, like everything, right? Fortnite kind of copied PUBG. 
you know, Apex Legends got on the same wagon, you know, H1Z1, which had been around a ton of time, still the same thing. Like all of these things have to start dropping in from the sky and then you have to loot. And then you no. like I was really in blackouts the same way. I would have rather, I'd rather them take a BR and say, make a loadout and make the loadouts fair. <clears throat> Everybody comes kitted and you're kitted and you load into a map and you like hunger game style load up to a platform and they're random. So I don't have to drop in and I don't get to choose. I have to figure out where I'm going to be and, and react based on what environment I'm in. But you load up like hunger games on a little plate and then you're done and you just go there. There's not a whole lot of looting. Like you can loot for ammo maybe, or maybe for like a special weapon or something, but not like as your main thing, your main thing is engage. And that circle just kind of keeps going. It's almost like a final circle, right? Where it just keeps going until it ends. Like, I just want, I want to see that. I want that to be a game. You load in, the map is maybe like a third the size of like a call of Call of Duty Blackout map or half the size of a Fortnite map. And you just get a circle and that thing just starts tightening the noose just as you go. Just, just tightens the noose. <laughs> you know, until you end up, until you end up fighting either in the center and they make the center engaging or they make the circle kind of do the whole movement thing at the end where it kind of moves around, like it gets to be a certain size and then moves until the engagements are done, but keep a match inside of 10 minutes, you know, for the, for the freaking Pete's sake, keep a match down inside 10 minutes every single time. And then again, no dropping, no choosing, no, just make it snappy and get back into that. I'll play that all day because you're constantly engaging at that point. And the point is to engage, not to loot. I don't need to loot. I'm already kitted. I can now go fight. And that's what I want to do because I want to fight. And that would be a more engaging BR for me. I'd get probably get a lot more out of that. But alas, that does not exist yet. That does not exist. And until it does, I'll continue dabbling. When that does exist, I'm happy to give it a try. But I think that would be a really fun way or a fun variant of BR for people that would be a lot faster and I think it'd be a lot, a lot more receptive. Now, all that said, I think that's all I have for you guys this week. Other than a promise that I'm going to keep doing these more often now. I'm going to keep making making tie talks and we're going to keep talking and updating on games and because I didn't even talk about Breath of the Wild. I didn't talk about uh, how the fact that I got Super Mario Maker 2 and it's fun. So there's a lot that we still have to talk about and there's all kinds of fun stuff. Um, yeah, so, so we're just going to continue to talk. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. I missed you guys a lot. If you guys have questions for me or things that you'd like to answer um, about being a parent and streaming or streaming in general, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you know, follow me. I'm at Nighttide everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. My Twitter DMs are open. My Discord DMs open, right? Discord.gg slash Nighttide. You can come and chat and come and hang out with the community. We're all awesome people. Um, and you can find me live every day but Friday. So I'm like, I'm always on. You can always find me every night. I'm avail I'm available for you, okay? I'm available for you. No, I seriously though, just feel free to reach out and, and ask me any questions you have. I'm happy to help. Um and and yeah. And if you're catching this on Retrofiz, you know, make sure you're following Retrofiz channel. Join the Retrofiz Discord. You can catch me in there too. I'm trying to be in there a bit more and a little bit more active and more accessible. So all kinds of good stuff. And oh, we didn't even talk about Retrofiz. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. We didn't talk about Retrofiz. So we we got lots of stuff to talk about next week too. That being said, I'm going to sign off for today. You guys have a great rest of your week, and I will catch you guys next week. Thank you guys for 
checking out Tide Talk and checking out Retrofizz and make sure that you're following again anchor.fm slash Retrofizz and on Spotify and Google Podcast and iTunes and all the good stuffs where all podcasts can be heard because now this is where that lives. Until then, though, I love your faces, everybody. 